Hey there, producer Kyle here. Just wanted to let you know that on this episode of MDD, we had a little technical issue with our internet so that my audio sounds a little poor for this one. And we did everything we could to fix it, but here's we are. We ended up releasing it anyway. We really liked the interview and we hope you will too. Thanks so much for listening to Ministry During Disruption. I hope you enjoy our show with Stephen Rowe today. Hey, Stephen, what's a completely useless but really interesting fact that you know? Well, I think I possess knowledge of a whole scope of information that other people would think is useless. Uh, One example of this is on Google Maps. So I will, in my spare time, sometimes just go on Google Maps and figure out how to drive from one place to another. Well, my useless piece of information is that Tom Brady in 2000 threw three passes, completed one, and only played one game. Yeah, I mean, I think your information is more useless than mine. If all of our GPS has stopped working, it's like there's some info that I haven't outsourced to it. So, you know. Well, I, do, I do have some relevance for mine. I'll talk about it a little bit later in the show, maybe. But uh, this is Ministry During Disruption. I'm Kyle. That's Steven. Greetings. To the podcast. Thanks for joining us today, Stephen, our senior information correspondent. Uh, how are you doing today? Calling me the senior information uh, correspondent makes me sound like I'm like the minister of propaganda or something like that, which I really hope I'm not. I mean, maybe you're the minister for propaganda, the, the spoken word artist. Maybe that's that's who who you're a propagandist for. Yeah, I mean he's pretty cool. So he, he is pretty cool. I would I would make some propaganda for propaganda. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, th- just just as we get into this today, let's go for your take. What's the take you've bring to ministry during? Well, well aren't you going to let me introduce myself first to all oh, the sure, sure, listeners? Sure. I guess you can. I guess yeah. you can. So my name is Stephen Rowe. I'm on staff with University in North Carolina, and I'm approaching year five. Kyle, it's been five oh. years of this, man. Man, you're like an old geezer when it comes to university. Maybe that's why in the cold open you were talking about like make, finding the specific map on the road. <laughs> that's like a very dad, like old person thing to do. Like maybe that's what you were doing. It, it One of the things we like doing on some family vacations is when we go to a new place, we will find like the local hand-drawn, not hand-drawn, but you know, like printed out map. And uh, it's very fun. So. <laughs> that, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, with that, let me just move on because I have plenty of hot takes on that. But give me your hot take for this week. So my hot take today is that information is overrated. Okay, wait, you're going to need to explain yourself because that sounds ridiculous. Okay, follow-up question, Kyle. Have you ever met anybody or heard from anybody or read something by anybody who is really, really smart but is a horribly unpleasant person to be around or to be with? Yeah, I mean, I went to college, so yes. <laughs> um, so I think that even from that small example, we can all identify people who are like, this person is brilliant and this person is a jerk. And clearly, if we are wanting to, my, my assumption as, a, as someone in ministry uh, on a podcast is like, my hope is that we would want to be people who are growing in our faith, growing in our love for God and for other people. And so... Uh, that includes learning how to not be jerks to one another. And so I think from that perspective, you would agree that information does 
get a little bit overrated. Oh, I mean, I guess, yes, couldn't you say that you're just saying that that person knows that has the information on how to not be a jerk? Don't, then wouldn't that be the information they need? So I think that there are multiple ways that we can learn things. And I think our default assumption is that we learn through receiving information. And that there is a lot of validity to that. We actually do learn a lot of things through information. But I think that information alone cannot bring healing and growth and some of the things that we want to see happen in ourselves and in the world. I think information is awesome because it grants us perspective. Like it can, like, for example, in science, like it can tell us like, this is how this thing works. But just knowing the information isn't going to get you to like do the experiment and like make the thing because behind those behind the information and required to put it into practice is like you need skills you need motivation you need habits you need community right you need disciplines that actually move it from being something on the page into something that is impactful in your life and meaningful to other people okay so so like just just because like you know i know how to throw a football in theory doesn't mean I should play in the Super Bowl because I'm not Tom Brady or I'm not Patrick Mahomes. I can't throw the ball. Yeah, so I'm I'm stealing some of this from a book called Designing for People, or Designing for How People Learn, uh, by Julie Dickerson. It's part of my staff training that we went through some of the principles in it, um, and she talks about how there's four ways that people primarily learn. One is through information. The second is through skills. Third is motivation, and then habits. So these things all together in their proper places will help us learn and be learners and be, you know, open to, open to growth in helpful ways. Uh, But my, but what's underneath my hot take is that the information piece of that uh, is overblown and overinflated. Right. So there's four ways we can learn and we're not, and we only assume the first one. We only assume the first one, the information piece. That's what you're saying. Yeah, and that might be a strong assumption, but you were like, "Give me a hot take that you would <laughs> that you would disagree with." So, there you go. <laughs> well, I, I do think this is true, actually. Like when when now that you frame it this way, I do think that's true, right? When when we, I remember. So we would. So for for the, for the record, for those who have not listened to us before, me and Stephen went to school together at the University of Virginia, and we had a scandal on campus. It was there was this Rolling Stone article that came out about. Um, sexual harassment and sexual assault on campus in the University of Virginia. And one of the responses of the school had was to give us a module telling us w- what sexual harassment was and what rape was, right? And I remember writing a poem about that being like, that's not what we need. We don't need to know what more about sexual harassment and rape. Like we, we know, we know like this is a violation of, of people. This is a violating of people. What we need are practices and rules and and habits and all these, all, we need a lot of other things that will help us not to create the environment where this stuff happens. Because knowledge is not enough for to stop people from doing bad things. In, in the same way that like, you know, just because I know cigarettes are, like kill my lungs doesn't mean I'm not smoking cigarettes per se, you know, and, or like, it doesn't help me stop if I'm already smoking. I'm nodding my head. <laughs> okay. So with that, you also had this thing that you're telling me about called the arrested development principle. So tell me more about that. Yeah. Well, Kyle, first of all, have you seen the show arrested development? 
Well, okay, I, I I would love to say I've watched a lot of it because it's really popular and or famous and has a cult following, but I've only watched a little bit of it. Okay, so just tell me what you know about it so far. Okay, so so there's a bunch of weird people and they're like in Portland, right? And they're, they, Portland. they're in Newport Beach, Southern Newport Coast. Beach, Orange okay. County. Yeah. Never mind. I'm thinking of Portlandia. That's yep. what I'm thinking of. Okay, so in Resto, they're 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 in a West Coast area. That that, that is, I guess, and they. And they have a bunch of weird people doing weird things. That's all. I, that's what I remember. And there's someone. Are they someone in an office? Is that true? It's been a while since I've watched Arrested Development. Yeah. So here's what I think you need to know about Arrested Development for other things I want to share to make sense. So Arrested Development is amazing television show. It's hilarious. Uh, it's about a, a very dysfunctional family that has a lot of money, and they are driven by selfish ambition and destructive tendencies, which leads to to a hilarious comedy but a pretty miserable miserable family to actually be a part of if if they were real and a hallmark of the show is while there's stuff happening during the during the episodes there's also a narrator who is telling telling you as a listener or the audience what's happening and if somebody lies the narrator will be like that's not true. Like that was a wrong thing to say. Uh, this is actually their motivation, you know, and shows you things that other characters in the show don't even get to see. So there's this outward story that's happening, but you also get this internal narrative from the narrator that give, that makes you feel like you have this unique perspective on this hilarious show. Mm-hmm. So like I was watching Never Have I Ever written, uh, that was by, 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 that's produced by Mindy Kaling on Netflix recently. And they have John McEnroe, the, the tennis player narrating the South Asian girl's life. And they give insight into what's going on internally for her, what she would never say out loud. And so like, kind of like that, that, or like the emperor's new groove, like where they interrupt the, the movie to say, Hey, this is what's actually going on. Like, like that. Yeah. It feels like a level up on the talking head, like in the office or in parks and rec where someone gets interviewed. It feels like, a, a, a small layer like beho- more behind the scenes of that because it's happening in real time it's not like a, a separate cut so that so that's so th- th- just just so we know that about arrested development it is helpful uh for the arrested development principle and i stole this and by stole i mean i made the name of it based on content from uh, this book called Rediscipling the White Church. I'm showing it up on the camera, even though it's an audio podcast. Um, but David W. Swanson is a pastor in Chicago, and he is, you know, offering practices for churches and individuals to move out of like a cheap model of seeking diversity to true solidarity uh, with people of color in America. It's an amazing book and very helpful for me. And he talks about that when white people are growing in their understanding of race in America and they are learning about, you know, they're, they're processing, you know, the, the, the horrific realities of racism in America and their own per- perpetuation of that or per- participation in that. It's like really, really disorienting. It's a really hard and jarring thing. And so he's found that what helps people in his congregation and people he's talked to arrive at a more mature Uh, level of engagement and being able to wrestle with these things connected to racism and white identity um, and to do that with like a a more more emotional health and self-knowledge and humility and resilience Um, he's like what's been really helpful 
is kind of modeling not what happens in the show of Arrested Development because they're super dysfunctional um, and have a lot of issues to deal with. But he he but he models this uh, this uh, this narrator um, that the show does, which is why I call it the Arrested Development principle. So that while he's talking with people or while he's sharing information with people, he's also giving like a real time commentary about what he is sharing and how that makes him feel and how he's having to process it in the moment. Um, and I think that this is really, really profound, um, not just in the area of, of white people growing in our racial awareness and our understanding of our, uh, of our like racism in America, but, uh, for, but across the board, this, this, uh, arrested development principle, I think is really helpful because in addition to just here's a transfer of information from me to you, it's also like, Hey, here, I'm, I'm going to be modeling skills of how I'm processing and wrestling with this difficult information. I'm going to give you like vulnerability of like, here's how I'm bearing my heart and soul to you as I'm processing through these things so that the people who are receiving information know that they're invited not only to be like, this was an interesting piece of information. Like I'm going to let that sit in my brain and do nothing with it. It gives the invitation that like, you're going to, you're going to wrestle with this and the same level of vulnerability that is being modeled. Like you're going, you're invited to wrestle with it to that degree. Uh, I also think it helps people feel seen and heard and known, right? That when, and when like someone is like, here's a bunch of information and then let like, you know, quick team huddle, like, Hey, I know that what you've just heard me say is may cause you to feel X, Y, and Z. And here are ways that we can respond to those things that are helpful, that contribute to like learning, solidarity, emotional health, all of these other things. Um, so does that make sense, Kyle? Can you repeat back to me what I'm saying? So you know that, so I can know that I'm like articulating it well. So I'm going to practice a skill, a communication skill to make there sure I go. have the correct information. Got it. Thanks. So what I'm hearing you say is, uh, basically, like, if we are able to communicate more than just information um, by being vulnerable, by practicing skills and modeling um, and habitually modeling some of the principles that we and information we know, we're going to be a more effective communicator person. We're going to be a more and we're going to have more integrity, it sounds like, as well. Um, and then also um, what we can how we can get there is one of those skills we can practice is like kind of interrogating our own our own selves and our own narratives and our own what's already going on inside of ourselves and going on. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that's a good summation of it. And I think that the, the next thought I have is that the majority of things for me that have been helpful and like redemptively formative during this, during the pandemic, I've noticed that they have this thread in common that like, Somebody is sharing, you know, I'm learning information, but there's also somebody offering like vulnerable commentary that invites me into wrestling with it. And my hope is that um, that trend would continue because I'm sure if it's helpful for me, it's helpful for other people. Right. So one thing I, I would want to say there, especially the skill or the habitual practice of being vulnerable, right, is in some ways more powerful than and a more powerful learning experience uh, than almost anything else. Uh, what, like what, what I'm, I'm thinking about a podcast I listened to uh, where P- 
Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seahawks, Steve Kerr, the coach of the Golden State Warriors, and Brene Brown are all talking about leadership and what does it mean to be a leader, right? And Brene Brown's research says that actually what really defines leadership is vulnerability, right? And she went to the Seattle Seahawks and did this exercise where they had everybody share something vulnerable with each other on, on explicitly and on purpose. And all the, you know, football room, the most like, like the most like masculine machismo place you could possibly get lots of classically, lots of guys are not interested in sharing vulnerably with one another. They did it and they learned so much more about each other, but not just that they learned how to work together, be together and form a community and then work towards a common goal. Right. Which was to win a lot of games. And she did this early on in the Seahawks tenure and the Seahawks have been very successful over the past couple of years, like last decade, pretty much. Um, when she started doing this work with them and it created this really strong bond between the players and it created this strong community. And I think when we're pivoting towards campus ministry, right. I think that's what we're kind of looking for, right. A community of people working towards a common goal of seeing your campus reached for the gospel. And I think what people are looking for, especially nowadays when, when we're engaging online is we're not, I'm not interested in knowing more information about what's going on in the world or whatever. What I'm interested in is a community. What I'm interested in is getting to real authentic relationships. And I think that that is a totally different space, especially when there's all this confusing stuff going on in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want, so another thing I'll add, and I think that this is, this is another, um, example of how this has shown up in my own life and my own work. Um, while I think that seeing, yeah, learning as people are being vulnerable as they're sharing information with me and then they're, you know, revealing like, these are the things that are going on behind the scenes in my mind and my brain. And, you know, that, that invites me more into the work. So in addition to that being, really meaningful for me. It's also been inspiring for me and some of the people I've been working with and actually led us to um, make a podcast and make and make a devotional podcast um, that was particularly focused around the election season, like leading up to the election and then after the election. And I think that everything we made in that podcast is still relevant and still timely now. Um, but it it's and the podcast is called the Daily Arrow Podcast, and the hope is that we want to be aligning ourselves with God and God's Word, uh, God's character, as we process and navigate really painful and difficult things like COVID, like racial injustice, like political hostility, and all the dis disorientation that comes from those things. And the way that we've gone about making this podcast is. We will have some scripture for reflection. And then before offering, oh, here's a prayer and now we're done. We, we're offering like, hey, this is how this is directly related to something that you may have read in the news or that you're experiencing in your life on campus or that your family is processing. And then we offer um, a vulnerable, like this is how I'm actually processing this thing. And so uh, I want to invite you, I mean, Kyle, you've been a part of this podcast too, but I want to invite listeners to check it out because we know that this type of learning is really, is needed and it's important. And the vulnerability that, that me and Kyle have been discussing, like, I think is a hallmark of this podcast.
uh, in the same way that we're like, here's some scripture, here's a reflection about what, what, what's happening in our world and in our country now. Here's how I'm responding to that. Here's a skill you can put into practice. Like it tries to hit all of these different ways that people learn uh, so that our learning uh, can be contextualized and relevant because I don't know about you, Kyle, I have not been able to find a lot of devotionals or daily uh like Bible reading plans that are like, hey, here's how you can, you know, view scripture and then use it to unpack and understand all of the dysfunction that we're seeing in our country, in our world. And here's how to use this to process the pandemic. And, you know, so we want it to be super contextualized um, to what it, to what students and faculty and staff are experiencing. And then to be able to not not lead as experts that like we have all the information like we're but we're leading as people who are going first and being vulnerable hey like you know you, you can't lead people where you haven't gone so we're like hey here's like where we've gone with this and i i just want to make a, a strong encouragement for you all to check it out and, and actually you, you can check it out and by searching on spotify especially uh or Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, you can search for daily the Daily Arrow or Daily Arrow. Um, if that's not coming up for you, you can look for the Emotionally Healthy Activist Podcast and check it out um, right there. That's the most recent episodes we put out there. Yeah, and so my hope is that this this podcast would. Uh, help the information that we are inundated with all the time to not feel overwhelming or as overwhelming or as overrated. Uh, as it might feel right now. Right. In summary, we're, we're passionate about doing campus ministry and get, reaching people for the gospel and growing more, more Christ-like as we do it. But in order to do that, information alone won't get us to where we need to go. We need to live it out. We need to, we need to form, we need to have spiritual disciplines and habits. We need to take it, take it deeper than just information. And people are looking for more than just information as well. All right. Well, that's that's a great place to wrap it up, Stephen. Thanks so much for coming on to our podcast. If you like our podcast, you'd like to continue to go deeper with us. If you want to continue to interrogate your own narrative, keep keep subscribing to our podcast. Subscribe to our podcast. Rate, review our podcast. That'd be really helpful. And follow us on Instagram at, at Ministry During the Disruption. And just check out our sponsor ad right after this. If you're looking for a way to embody your faith, like we've kind of talked about here today on the podcast, I would plug the IVED Instagram account where you can find resources and information on how to actually take more than just information and go deeper in your daily life, including the Daily Arrow podcast, our Emotionally Healthy Activist course, and other resources that the InterVarsity Experiential Discipleship team is coming up with on the spot. So check that out today. Search IVED on Instagram and give them a follow.